According to Mike and Tony is intended for a mature audience. Listener discretion is advised. Pierce, it's that time. It's Friday night. It's episode 124. We're back. What's up, man? Back. How you doing? Friday. Another mm-hmm. Friday. Another Friday. It was a crazy week. It was weird. I had a short week this week, but it felt long. You ever have those before? Yeah. Yeah. But it wasn't a short week for me because I had to work every day. So. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you didn't have Monday off, right? Damn. We had Monday off, and then we had like a teacher training day on Tuesday. So that's always like pretty laid back compared to a normal teaching day. And then Wednesday, yeah. Wednesdays are or we teach remote so it felt like I had like this like five day weekend type of thing. And I was like, sweet, it's a short week. And then by Thursday, dude, I was trashed. I had a three hour class last night and all this stuff, too. I was a mess. <laughs> a mess. I literally fell asleep after work today. That's how bad it was. Uh, man, we got a we got a guest today. A good old friend, the homie from back in the day. My road dog, my brother. What's up, Dom Gordon? What's up? How you doing, bro? I'm good. I'm good. Blessed and highly favored, you know. Yes, sir. Down there in the uh, the Texas, huh? Oh yeah, over here in Garland, Texas. Garland, Texas. <laughs> <laughs> How's life doing? I, I like I like picked up a couple of the the, the speech stuff, but I like I'll say uh, you kidding or something like that, like some like but or like main. I say main now more than man. <laughs> but it's been it's been cool. So now you sound like Terrence Howard all the time. Yeah, I'm like, what up, Mike? <laughs> what up, Mike? What up, Mike? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, some um, crazy weather, crazy situations down there with the cold and everything, huh? I know. It was wild. Like, uh, we we were lucky. Like, um, a lot of people have lost power for days. Uh, we lost it for, like, maybe <clears throat> six hours. But no. okay. it, it, it was, like, it was freezing. Like, I had to wear a sweater and my sweatshirt to go to sleep. Otherwise, I, I don't know. I might have got sick or something. Dang, that's so crazy, man. And I was I heard something crazy. I don't know if it was true. My dad was telling me, he saw, like, on the news or something, that the state of Texas has, like, it was, like, three or four, or maybe it was more. Maybe it was, like, ten or something like that. Um, uh, uh, what do you call them? Snow plows? Is that real? Yeah, they what? don't even really um, plan for that because... It never snows like that there. It snows sometimes, and then like the road, everything's closed for like a day or two. But this was like a blizzard. Yeah, yeah, no doubt, man. Stuff's getting wild, dude. I'm teaching climate change right now. We're actually, it's a unit we're doing in my in my English class. I teach English language development, so we talk about all kinds of different stuff. But we're doing a unit on climate change, and we're talking about all that stuff. And we actually just last week read an article on how, as a result of uh, climate change, that there's like more and more snow falling in places where it didn't used to fall. Um, so that's uh, it was right in line, like a real world example there, man. That's nuts. But it kind of caught me off guard because I knew they had some snow down there. So I was like, I, I couldn't believe you guys only had a few snow plows. I was like, you guys were up shit creek there for a bit. Yeah, there's no, there was no ice, like uh, salt for the for the roads or anything. Like the whole, the, all the roads was just plain ice. Like Damn. we went to uh, we went to get groceries and we were driving like two miles an hour. People were mad, but it was like, I'm not, I'm not, you know what I mean? Because if you go fast and you hit some ice, you're gonna, you know, it was it was it was scary actually sometimes. Yeah, yeah, I bet. It was dude. funny because, like, you see, you see all those memes out there, and it's saying like, 
it's showing like old people in a car and it says people in Texas when it's snowing and they're all like this. Yeah. And then it was like people out of when it's snowing and it's like the dude's like this. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, it's because we have snow ones. <laughs> <laughs> Look at this. <laughs> yeah. Oh man, that's wild, dude. I'm glad you're okay. I'm glad it was only six hours. That is that's real shit, dude. Real people really died, you know? Like people died down oh, there because yeah. the cold I, for uh, so long. I I I felt really bad for the people who lost their lives during during this time or didn't have the food or whatever they couldn't get. Cause a lot of people's water was cut off too, like it, it was definitely yeah. froze like, yeah yeah froze up yeah burst pipes all that stuff yeah that's crazy we yeah. have a friend she's down in, in texas too and she said all those grocery stores are wiped out like there's like no milk yeah, no groceries not like i went to uh all these is like a local grocery store the whole meat the whole meat aisle was pretty much gone i was lucky to get some bratwurst damn Damn, I love brats. You got me thinking about meat now, bro. I decided this year, Mike. <laughs> Mike, I'm doing I'm doing uh, Lent with Myra this year, so I'm only eating. Oh, nice. Yeah, so we're just eating only fish is the only like meat we're eating. Um, but I'm still doing. It's like on what Fridays, you, huh? Yeah. No, she does it every day. Fish on Fridays only. Yeah, oh. no, yeah, but she does when she does Lent every year. When she does it, she does like, and not only does she, she does more than the forty days too. She goes all the way to Easter, so. I, I thought about it the last couple of years and I was, I was a little, I was like, I don't know if I could do it. And then this year I was like, ah, screw it. Let's do it. I got this. I'm going to, I'm going to. Aren't you only it. supposed to eat like fish on Fridays only? Yeah. That's, that's not, the, not every day. <clears throat> yeah. That's typically how they do it. But Myra's oh. done it since I've known her. She does, she goes hardcore. Like she goes every single day from that period from what is it? Ash Wednesday until Easter. She doesn't, she doesn't do any of it. So it's like, I looked up technically, I guess we're doing, what we're doing is what they call it. Lacto ova pescatarian so i can eat i'm eating eggs and and cheese and stuff like that still um and eating fish you got to be careful though did you got a plan because you could you could fall down a, a junk food rabbit hole real fast <laughs> because it's so easy because it's all vegetarian you know what i mean you could eat doritos all damn day <laughs> <laughs> so i'll try to be good but yeah no that sounds good bratwurst is one of my favorite though dude that stuff is good um Dude, let's jump into it. I want to talk about your book. You got a book out. It has been really successful. You've got all five-star ratings on Amazon. Um, dude, I, I got it today and I read it. People are going to think I'm smart when I say that, but really, it's a poetry book and it's about, what is it, like 50, 60 pages, something like that? Only like 50. 50, okay. <clears throat> I'm trying to make myself sound smarter. It was like 100 pages or something. Uh, no, it was, <laughs> it was really, it was good, dude. It was fire. I picked out some stuff in there I wanted to <clears throat> maybe talk about a little bit. Um, but why don't you tell us a little bit about it? How long did it take you to put together? I have, I have a lot of questions for you about it, but why don't you introduce it a little bit? Okay, so the book is called Melanin Muse. Uh, I put it together, like the collection, like putting it together. I did that with my, my friend Jaime. He hit me up and was like, do you want to make a poetry book? And I'm like, well, I was thinking about doing that later in life, but shoot, might as well, like right now. Like time is of the essence, I suppose. So yep. um we got it together. It's like a collection of poems from, I want to say, 2013 to now. So some of those poems are, are like pretty old, but most of, like a lot of them are within the last couple of years. Dang, that's cool. Yeah, I was curious. I didn't know how, how um, old some of that stuff was. I like you divided it into sections. So it's. Oh, know. yeah. I, I, 
I'm a theater geek or whatever. So I, I decided to make it three acts. The first act is a, uh, the first act is relationships. The second act is a uh, mental health. And the third act is black empowerment. Yeah. Yeah. That was dope. That was that, that last section actually ended up being my favorite section. Um, cause really? I, yeah. Cause I kind of was like, well, I don't know if I'll read the whole thing today. I'm just going to, I started reading and then I just got really into it, dude. And it was just like one after another, after another. And poems are like that. You can go through them really fast. Some of them I had to take, I had to pause a little bit and just think about them. Some of the stuff you had in there. But once I got to that last section, I was kind of not planning on finishing. I was like, well, I'll, fin I'll take a look at this later or whatever. I couldn't stop, dude. They were so good, bro. It was, I was going to actually ask you some of them if you don't mind like if you're cool with it um you know like i said i teach english i got a lot of freedom in the type of curriculum we do in that class um i'd love to bring some of that the poetry in there um yeah into my class <laughs> oh no i'd be it would be a very careful selection you know i'm used to that though i always I'm gotta just, i was just joking no but you definitely oh. can use <laughs> yeah. i was just messing with you <laughs> I don't want to put you in that position. Uh, <laughs> yeah, you can definitely read the poems at, at the school. Oh, man, I love that. Yeah. No, it was really good. Um, okay, so you, and so it was about 2013 on you, you were writing these. Now, you've been writing poetry your whole life, dude. I've told you this before. You're one of the most gifted people with words that I know. Thank you. Like, I've been writing since I was about 10, I want to say. Uh, started in fourth grade. Um I, I would uh, write poetry for my English papers because I sucked at writing papers. So I just would write poetry and I get the same credit because it's a creative writing or whatever. Yeah. And I started, I started <laughs> to love it. Um, I got away from it in middle school and in high school towards, and then towards my senior year, I picked it back up. And in college, I was like, I was in my theater classes in college, just writing poems all the time. Like I wasn't even paying attention half the time. Writing poems or songs. That's like, that's what I was doing. Yeah. And I've talked about it here on the show a couple of times. Me and you got together that one famous time to write some music together. And I was, what I was most blown away was how prolific you are. Like you just sit down and just stuff just starts coming to you. Like it's just, that's why I say gifted. I don't use that word lightly. I think that you just have a natural ability to put words together in a fashion that just touches people, man. It really, it really gets an emotional response. Yeah. I, I feel like because I was like my dad, and my mom divorced at like nine when I was nine. So I was really raised by my mom. So I got to see the full range of emotions being raised by a woman. So I became more in touch with my emotions and it helped me be able to express myself. Like I'm not the best talker, but if I'm writing it down, I can, I can go off sometimes. Damn. That's really interesting that you say that about being raised by your mother. Um, because it was kind of similar for me too. My my dad, my real dad, wasn't really around when I was younger. My parents got divorced when I was uh, twelve, um, and so I and I had my mom and my sister. So for a bit, I was in a house, you know, with women. Eventually, my stepdad came into the picture, and he was hella cool. Um, but I did have a lot, you know, all those younger years. It was it was my mom too. So I do tend Pierce will, Pierce will probably vouch for that. I'm a pretty emotional dude in general. I'm in touch with my whole range of emotions. Pierce isn't. He says yeah. I send him a text message. He'll text me back one word. Yes. Man. No. <laughs> <laughs> no. Dollar likes to leave me like. As a dollar likes to leave me like two minute voicemails. <laughs> <laughs> That's luckily how old my, I am. Luckily, luckily, my dad was in my life, and my brother helped raise me. But the, for the most part, it was it was my mom and my sister were at the house at the same time because my brother had went out to college, and 
I was really raised by women. Yeah, and I got to tell you, Dom, I've known you for a very long time, dude. And I was shocked, like, in the beginning. I think it was, it was like the introduction that you wrote. Um, I didn't know you had so many brothers and sisters, dude. Oh, the, the end? Those are my, uh, a lot of those are my god brothers and god sisters. I, I don't really just consider them god brothers or god sisters. Those are, those are my brothers and sisters. Yeah, no, yeah, it was, yeah, it was in the introduction section, I think, is where I read it. Cause that's, at first I, I told you before I was having trouble downloading it. So it, it was like, oh, you could, you can go ahead and look at this free section on Kindle. And I was like, okay, cool. I'll check that out. It was the introduction and then it was the, uh, what is it called? The foreword or whatever that Avery wrote. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that was literally it. And I was like, I don't even get to read one poem. <laughs> so bad. <laughs> <laughs> but it's all i got it all fixed now so i was able to read the whole thing plus i got a physical copy coming so i'm going to take care of that and uh, just keep and that i'll for... sign that for you when i get back in town for oh sure. i love that are you coming back to colorado anytime soon uh yeah soon like maybe beginning of summer hopefully okay yeah probably yeah, a lot depends on spring. covid situation and all that huh yeah it's like we gotta we gotta i'm not like the most um what's the word i'm looking for like I just don't really trust going to the airport right now, honestly. Oh, yeah. yeah. I don't have a lot of faith in that. So I just, I want to wait until we can drive over there. Yeah, for sure, man. Well, you got to come see us if you come by, for sure. We're hoping oh, pretty definitely. soon, we're hoping eventually be back to our, our doing podcasts in person again. We've been doing the Zoom thing for a while, but as things do get better. I, seen, I saw uh, Pierce, a lot of places in Colorado are moving the dial now. I saw like yeah. all the the casinos and stuff all moved to like a code blue. Um, I think we're like, are we yellow here in Denver? I can't remember now. But it's all like I know the dials moving, getting like safer and safer all the time. I haven't looked at numbers in a while. Have you? Well, it's also um, um, well, I want to say that the uh, a lot of businesses as well have um, five star. Uh, safety ratings so they've gone through this extra thing with the um tri-county health or like the different you know counties or whatever um and so they can always operate one level ahead of the current covid dial so if it ever goes red like gyms and restaurants like places that are five star safety certified can always operate on one um dial ahead so um it's real nice because those are the places you want to go to those are the most trusted because they're you know they've been inspected by the health inspector you know they make sure that the hvac units are clean operative um you know make sure that they're cleanings doing all this stuff too so it's kind of crazy and it's kind of cool but um yeah we are trending down as far as the state as a whole um which is really really cool but um yeah i mean yeah we're, we're kind of moving down yeah, Colorado is a good place to be for that. And we've talked about that, dude, because like in California, we've talked about like the full on shutdown and, you know, the restaurant industries are hit harder than anything else for that. But it is the whole thing has been weird to me because like we, you know, we talked about the 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 fact that California had total lockdown, but their numbers were just skyrocketing, bro. Like they were out of control at the same time they were locked down. Um, and then also you think about that, like restaurants, their, their ass is always up against the wall, right? Because they've always got inspectors coming in. Yep. They've always got to be by the book or they get shut down. Um, so it just has seemed weird to me that restaurants have been forced to completely close down uh, in some places like in California. Whereas what's happening is that when they close down, then people are like, well, I'll just go to my friend's house then. You know what I mean? Or I'll just go hang out with my family. Family, and then the you know the COVID still keeps spreading and it just keeps getting out of control. So well, that's good. Yeah. That's good stuff. That's good to hear. Um, 
What do you think of the uh, vaccines, Dom? Are you gonna are you gonna get one, or have you gotten one, or where are you at with that? Um, I I think I take one. I don't, you know, uh, I'm taking like uh, medication that I don't really know what's in it. So <laughs> <laughs> that's the worst thing can happen, I guess. <laughs> what's the worst? <laughs> that's funny. Yeah, well, I'm I, a zombie I, like. I turn into a zombie. That's mm. cool. Like at least that's pretty lit, actually. <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, I had my first shot a few weeks back. Um, I only turned into a zombie for like a day, and then it was back to normal. Um, so no, 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 no ill effects so far for me. I'm good. That's good. That's yeah, good. I'm when going in for the next, uh, next one. March fourth. I'm going back in to take that second shot. Okay. Um, yeah, yeah, I feel like um, for me, just it's it's better to at least try to get through this, you know, mm-hmm. and if we can all be back, at least like, what's the, what's the percentage? Um, was it 70% or yeah, 60%? 60 or se- I don't know. Yeah. It was one of the two. Do you know, Pierce 60 or 70%? They say like the number we have to hit before things are, before we can kind of squash it. I think it's 70. Yeah. 70, okay. Yeah. So 70% and then we have herd immunity or some, some like wording like that. Yeah. I don't, I don't know the word. Yeah. Ish. Yeah. Yeah. Everyone was saying herd immunity before this, but I mean, it's super contagious. Yeah. 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 Well, things are getting better. I I really feel like, you know, good things are on the horizon with it. Um, hopefully we'll get back to normal. Um, but yeah, I think the vaccine's a big part of that. I think if enough people get it, then it just becomes something that you don't have to stress. You don't have to worry about all the time. Um, but yeah, man, good stuff. How? What is the deal with Texas? How are your guys' numbers down there? I know at one point it was out of control down there, but I think it's better now, isn't it? Texas, Texas is pretty open, so I don't know. But like where we are, like everyone wears their mask. Like you can't go anywhere without having a mask on, which is pretty cool. Um, I don't know how it is in other places, but people take it seriously. But it's pretty open. Like you can go places. Yeah, for sure. So they're they're uh, they're on the downtrend as well. Um, looks like numbers are a bit higher. You guys have been running a seven-day average of about 5,400, I guess, new cases per day. Um, but today it was only 2,387, which is really close to where Colorado's at. So it seems like it's going down there as well. Yeah. Well, good stuff, man. I'm glad to hear it. I'm glad to hear you're doing well. Um, when did you go to Texas? How long have you been down there for? A uh, year in May. A year in May? Okay. That's cool. Yeah. You're going to stay there a while? You liking it? You kind of planting your feet I'm a little bit? I'm liking it. It's, it's pretty cool. It's a... Uh... It's a, uh, it's really chill. Like I, I got like a Southern soul anyway. So <laughs> it's like, a, it's a good place for me. Uh, I'm close to where my dad is. He's in Alabama. I'm gonna go visit him when COVID gets more in control. Um, we, we, we originally moved out here because of, of music. So Avery's been recording in South Carolina and Atlanta. And we're just, we're, we're trying to get the ball rolling on all our creative stuff. Nice. Yeah, you sent me uh, you sent me the one song, the new song that he's got out, and then there was uh, the one before that. I wish I could remember. I can't remember either of the names right off the top of my head. Um, but I love both of them, man. That you guys' uh, music. Storm is coming in. Storm. I think the other one, end times or something like that. Yeah, I think end times the older one, right? That's the one I I think I had heard that before. Um, but just fire, dude. I can't wait for you guys to get going going and doing stuff again. And if you're ever coming through here in Colorado, me and Mike in a heartbeat, I'm sure Mike is on the same page. We would go see you guys for sure. Yeah, definitely. You'll be seeing Abe. I'm I'm uh I'm like more focused on writing now. So Okay. That's I'll I'll be there though. You'll see me, but I'm not 
he's gonna be the one rocking the stage. Yeah. You got a couple people online saying that they love the new song. Fire dude. Oh yeah. The song is amazing. I the dude the dude's a genius. Like I like it, it we me, Abe and Antoine are like creative brothers. And I always tell Abe, like, when you wanna go, like you go. Like, so I'm proud of him. Hell yeah. We'll have to have him on again too, Pierce. Um, I'll reach out to him too and see if we can get him. Maybe just do a Zoom thing for now. Um, and if we have mine, you got to come on too, Dom. And then Couch Guy I'm was down. Couch Guy was going to be here tonight. He had some family stuff come up, so he's he's not here he tonight. But me. yeah, yeah, me. yeah. We'll get him on again. He's nuts. Did you hear that whole last episode? I or, watched most of it. He, that's Mark. Mark's <laughs> Mark. You, you understand? He's the best friend for like ten plus years. I know how crazy. He is. <laughs> well, that's what I told Dollar. He goes when he was like, "Hey, Mark's not going to come on." I was like, "Shit, Alyssa probably saw the last podcast and those kids running around like crazy." I said, "Mark, you can't be on the podcast." <laughs> yeah, no doubt. That's what we told him. Like, you're never going to be Most on again. <laughs> that was so wild. Definitely. That's what it was. Yeah, all of a sudden, his his daughter popped up with lipstick all over her face, and he was like, "Oh yeah, it's all over." Looking like the. Looking like the Joker, dude. Like, <laughs> yeah, he's so crazy. You know what's what's interesting with Couch Guy is that almost every time when he's on the show, he's been on the show a million times. But every time when he's on, he's always just sort of the Couch Guy, right? He's like there, and then we usually have a guest or something. But when you have Couch Guy on as your guest, guess. oh my god, <laughs> like this shit got wild. He's so crazy. He's crazy. That you can always count on him for for his absolute craziness. And I've known him a long time too. He's he's definitely a nut. He's got two sides though. We saw a little bit on that last episode. He was talking about some work situations. Not, some of them were kind of crazy, but he he is really he's very good at his job. He's a really talented dude when it comes to his profession. Oh, yeah. He got he he's the one that got me my job at uh, Wells Fargo when oh. we were working together. It was wild times. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's funny. I almost worked at Wells Fargo one time, and it was through him as well. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's crazy. Um, hey man, let's talk a little bit about. I want to talk about the book a little bit because I, um, I don't know if I should. I don't know if you even would want me to read any of these, but the the I think it was number thirty one. Um, Go ahead, read it. Okay, I'm. I, I'm going to try and do it justice. Do you want me to read it? I got the book here. Hey, yeah, if you would read it, that would be honest. That would be that would be the best way to go there. Hear it straight from your voice. Oh, that'd be sweet. Yeah, dude, some well, of those I'm were... I'm going to use a British accent. <laughs> I'm playing. <laughs> Start doing it in a wild ass 31, accent. 31, you said? Yeah, 31, dude. And it wasn't... It was nothing, like, fancy. Like, it wasn't, like, a whole bunch of crazy rhyming. There was nothing, like technologically or technically complicated about it it was just super straightforward that's what i always love about your shit man it's really straightforward really honest that one was powerful to me okay let me see you turn your back they shoot you you run away they shoot you reach for the phone they shoot you walk in the street they shoot you go to the store they shoot you put your hands in the sky they shoot you but we are supposed to turn our cheek, humble ourselves for what reason? We are humans. Yeah. Damn, it was just, like I said, there was nothing the rhyme scheme. It was just straight up. It was truth. It was like when it, when you hit it like that, just one sentence after another, man, I just thought I was down. I was reading some of them, too, where there was one where you were like, if you're an ally, I'm down. I'm like, bro, I'm an ally. Because you were saying, you said, one of your lines in your one of your poems said something like, "If you're ambiguous, I can't fuck with you." Or I can't remember how you put it. It was like, like if you're if you're undecided or if you're on the fence, I can't really fuck with you. Um, because yeah. Mm-hmm. 
Because there's something about not speaking up, not saying something right now, and not, you know, like either it's people want to be in the middle and go, oh, you know, I don't, I don't really know about Black Lives Matter. I'm kind of like, you know, I'm sort of in the middle. And like, to me, that speaks volumes already with the situation the to way me, it is. To me, it's like, a, it's like people try to make Black Lives Matter the people who are in the movement when the, it's the statement for me. Uh-huh. It's yep. the statement. Like, I don't, I don't even know any of the people who are in charge of that uh organization yep that's a big that's actually a big problem with it i think for like outside perception of it right because there isn't it's not a it's not like this cohesive organization it's got one leader at the top it's not really like that yeah go ahead i think that's that's the beauty of it though because like i told my friend who was uh because i used to live in oregon and there's a lot of activists there for like um the forest and stuff and uh and uh what was it called i can't do the name but i told him like when you have a leader they can defame the leader they can besmirch the leader. So the fact that Black Lives Matter doesn't have one is probably better for it. Yeah. The only th- the only thing that bothers me about it is they just, like a lot of times crazy shit happens and there's even been like, um, what's the word I'm looking for where people go in and they're, they're basically trying to act like they're Black Lives Matter and just fucking shit up mm-hmm. just, to, just to, you know, taint the name or whatever. That's a problem with that too because there's nobody that can come out and like, clearly say yo look that's not us right but anybody who understands what the message is understands that's not what it's about and understands that yeah there's a lot of saboteurs it's, it's like kind of like the thing with like the reason the main reason i wrote this book at this time was because i was writing these poems like the uh, black empowerment poems and i couldn't go protest because i had just moved to dallas or to, to garland and i i was like i don't want to be out there not know my surroundings and get like arrested or something and just be like i don't know what's going on i don't even know what like part of the city i'm in so i would write the poems that i wrote as a as solid in solidarity in the show that i i care about what was going on dude i love it man that's a smart move too um and that i was actually had that question i wanted to ask you so that answers that for me i had a feeling just by reading it that those were the poems that you wrote most recently um Mm -hmm. so that's that definitely holds true that's cool man um there was a line in in uh poem i don't know if you just call them poem 38 or whatever i noticed none of them had titles i kind of like that i like that there was just numbers like chapter numbers or whatever yeah that was a last minute decision i thought that pretty dope it's there's no real reason behind it i like the i like the end though of 38 it's the second to last line where you just say all lives matter no motherfucking duh Right. Because I, I thought the reason I liked that so much was because you were kind of hitting at that. Um, how because you hear that all the time. Right. You hear people say in response, say all lives matter, bro. Um, or, you know, or you hear the blue lives matter, or, you know, stuff like that in response. Um, but that's the thing. People are missing the point. We're missing where we are in history right now. We're missing what's happening in our society around us and what the whole point of saying black lives matter is. You could say all lives matter, but it, I couldn't have put it better myself. Dude, it was like no motherfucking dog. Obviously, all lives matter. Yeah. Right. Right. Well, the thing that matter if you don't care about us. Well, the thing that drives me crazy about all those statements, you know, when people was like, you know, Black Lives Matters, when it's like, you know, like, well, well, blue it doesn't mean surely I don't care about blue lives or I don't care about this and that. You know, it's just, you know, at the moment, Black Lives Matters. It's just making it of, of awareness, but so many people get caught up in that when it says black life matters, they think automatically that no other lives matter, but the black lives matter or blue lives matter at that. You know, it's like, you know, um, what's the name? Uh, Trevor, Trevor from Noah. the daily show, but it perfectly, 
perfectly. He goes, you know, it's like you're either a cat person or a dog person. He's like, well, I love dogs. Well, then you don't like cats. <laughs> yeah, like, right. Well, no, I like cats. Well, no, you, then you can't like dogs then. He's like, no, I like, mm-hmm. I like dogs and cats. Like, no, you have to have one or the other. Can't have both. Yeah. Yeah. No doubt. Dude, I love Trevor <laughs> Noah. He cracks me up. But I think it comes out of that mentality, right? Of like people not acknowledging the real reality of our situation, um, the history that we're built on and like what those consequences look like in modern society It's people who are in denial. It's the same. To, a lot of times I hear that from the same people that are like, dude, it's over. Slavery is over. Get over it. It's all fine. You know what I mean? To me, that's that same perspective. That's like, well, bro, why, you know, why are black lives special? All lives matter. But you're like, but look around, dude. Are people all getting, you know, killed by police officers in the street at the same rate? We know that statistically that's not the truth. Look at poverty in this country. Look how disproportionate it is for my ethnic minorities, right? That's the reality of the situation. And so I kind of get a little irritated with that stuff because I just feel like you're overlooking the reality of the situation. This stuff, you can literally back this stuff up scientifically. You can look at our society and you can predict how much money's going to make, how somebody's going to make in their life based on where they live and the color of their skin. And that's sad. But it's real. And I think that's it's almost it's sort of akin to like the Black Lives Matter thing. Like because there's no like central person doing that, it's systemic racism, right? So it's just like embedded in our culture. There's no like one person you could go to, which makes it it just makes it way harder to fix the problem. Um, but I think a lot of that, that's where that comes from, is it's that perspective of, you know, it's I was, over. I was just like reading something about how like Jesse, you remember Jesse Owens? The, uh, at the Berlin Olympics. Oh, yeah. He won four medals. He didn't get invited to the White House because he was black. And the people say, like, Trump's the most racist. There were literally presidents during slavery. You're telling me that he's more racist than them? He's <laughs> equally as racist because they were racist. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's a good point, there's, man. There's, there's presidents during segregation. Like, th- those were very racist times. <laughs> we couldn't have this conversation. You would not be allowed to talk to me on any type of thing. Yeah. Because of the segregation of the slavery. So, like, how we, we have a racist past and we don't address it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's just like anything. When you have history like that and you have a past like that, I don't understand how you don't make the connection that it's going to have ramifications in the present. Like it's going to have an effect on our society. And it's not, it's not that like there's, you know, the secret thing where people that exists too. I mean, there's definitely like people out there that are, are straight up fucking racist, but the real problem we have is the system man. the system's all geared in a way um, to where we all look at it from this one perspective. Yeah. It's really, uh, it's really crazy, man. Those poems are so powerful, dude. I love, I loved all of those. I'm going to show the, uh, where the people can see it. Okay. So the, where the people can see. Yeah. So all the people that are watching live here or beyond YouTube is a little later. There we go. There it is. Right there. And look at, look at, I did it. I also purchased Ooh. this one. <laughs> yeah. Did you go with the digital version or did you get a paperback? Yeah. I have a, uh, I'm, I'm getting old. So tear got me a Kindle. Oh yeah. So I've been reading books on my Kindle. Oh yeah. Nice. Yeah. So yeah, that's cool. Me too. I got a Kindle too. I read a lot of stuff on that. So that's why I wanted to get it on there too. And I just want that physical copy just for just to have it, man. Um, how'd you come up with the name? What made you think of the name? Um, the relationship part of it. Like it's uh it's a I when I was Dom Empey when I was doing uh, the, the solo stuff, a lot of the songs were love songs or uh, relationship songs. 
And I remember I was trying to do those songs when uh, me and Avery and Elvis got together. And then one day Avery was like, are you in love? I was like, I was like, no. He's like, why are you writing love songs? I was like, dude, that's fucked up, but okay, I'll stop. <laughs> so, <laughs> okay, I'll stop. <laughs> so um, I started writing about other stuff, but uh, the whole melanin muse thing is the muse was always a, a black woman for the love song. Gotcha. And then the melanin, I almost felt like that, that ties in, right? Cause melanin is that it's the thing in your skin that, um, mm-hmm. it's the Brown man. It's what, it, what's, it's what, um, protects you from the, the sun, pigment. the pigment in your skin. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That was a beautiful name, dude. And I was also saying too, about the, the picture that you chose. Um, can I ask who that is on the cover of your, that is my homegirl Cody. Okay. We went to central together. Yeah. I, I recently talked, started talking to her as a, we're friends, um, and I asked her, I was like, can you be on my cover? I know it's, like, confusing because my name's Dominique, so, like, people were like, oh, congratulations to her. I'm like, dude, that sucks. Like, <laughs> me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, see, and that's funny you look I'm at so it. I'm so proud of her. Like, I'm a dude. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, it is a unisex name, damn it. <laughs> oh, shit, that is hilarious. Um, that's funny to me. I almost thought it was intentional like that because it did work out like that where I was like, oh, it's just he's like staying a little bit ambiguous. But then I saw there's a picture of you on the back cover, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I put myself on the back, yeah. Yeah, it's good stuff, dude. Um, you know, and the other thing that struck me was right there in your dedication, um, uh, you talked about um, the very first thing you said was, first and foremost, I want to thank my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. That was powerful, dude. And what I love about you is that like, it comes from a place of... Uh, I don't know, quietness, man, because I've, I kind of have a problem. I've talked a lot about this. I, I went to a Christian church for a long time and I was raised Christian. Um, I grew up around Pentecostals. My uncle's a preacher, all that stuff. And so um, I grew up and I went through various phases in my life. There were times where I was, you know, dedicated a hundred percent to the religion. There were times where I literally became atheist and was um, just talking about, it. I thought it was all bullshit. Um, and then I, I always talk to Mike about how it was actually a college physics class that brought me back to God um, where I was like, damn, you know, like, that there's a lot of power in the universe and like this 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 can't just be coincidence right and so i came full circle um i've been into very much into buddhism most of my life um but the a lot of the problem i've had especially especially with like typical american evangelical christian churches is like the churches i've attended i found a lot of you know hypocrites and stuff like that there but more it was more like it felt like a show all the time it felt like people were like look at me i'm christian i believe in jesus you should believe in jesus and it was like this big Big show right and even a lot of the churches you go to now there's like these big ass concerts and giant lights and it's like almost like a rock star type of thing um, but what i love about you is you, you never talk about it bro i never hear you talk about it um but you walk the walk and that's what i feel like we need to see more uh when we look around oh so- yeah um i i think half the reason i didn't talk about it was because i was struggling with it you know mm-hmm. uh when we were down those frazier like all the songs were about demons and stuff because of my mental health situation i'm schizoaffective so i was hearing voices and the voices weren't nice voices they were all demons and, and stuff like that so i stopped believing and started writing about what i was experiencing but it uh it was my homegirl jess my sis jess who uh told me like you don't have to go that route because he still loves you and it kind of re, re uh reinvigorated my faith and throughout the years it's been it's just gotten stronger. And, you know, like 
I know what you mean by like the whole show thing, but I I've, I've realized you don't you don't study the word for other people, you study it for yourself. Yeah, 100%, man. Um and I love that you touched on the whole mental health section. We haven't even talked about that at all. Um dude, some of that stuff had me tearing up, bro. That stuff was powerful. And again, that's what I love about your all of your art that you've created over the years, whether it's music and lyrics and all that stuff. Um it was just so raw and real. And I really appreciated you sharing so much of that because that's not something that we talk a lot about as a society. It's like a huge problem in this country, mental health. And it's one of those things that we just sort of sweep under the rug all the time. Um, but like hearing your personal experiences, like what you were talking about hearing like demon voices and stuff like that. Um, dude, it was, it was really good. It was really powerful. Um, I liked, uh, there was one line, where was it at? I like that line. Oh, actually, I don't know if this was in that section. I think this was actually in the relationship when I just came across this. I took a, I hope you don't mind. I took a bunch of screenshots of these as I was reading. Yeah, them. Um, but there's a line in there that said, uh, I reek of Hennessy and toxic masculinity. I was like, oh, oh yeah. shit. Yeah, that's a, that's number seven, right? Yeah. Yeah, everyone, everyone likes that one. Uh, that is, a, is, that's a funny story, but not a funny story. Like funny, but like, coincidental or whatever uh i wrote that because i was in a relationship with somebody a, a girl who um was a we would drink all we would do together is drink and then sometimes she would get physical with me and it's like all right i gotta i gotta let you go i gotta catch you loose so it's kind of like a role reversal like if I, as if i was doing it to her yeah oh that's interesting man yeah, I, some of these, I, I feel like I could sit down with you for hours and just ask you about like what was behind each one of these. Um, but I don't want to do that because I think that takes some of the magic out of it too. Um, here, here's another line. This one was from, I'm pretty sure this was from the mental illness part, or mental uh, mental health. But it said, uh, mental illness sucks, but it made me a great, it made me great at writing. <laughs> it was like, it was yeah. the last line on that page. I was like, oh shit. <laughs> so funny how that is. Because we talk about that all the time, you know, like some of the greatest artists, you know, they've got, they've got some pain in their heart man they're dealing with issues and challenges and that's a big part of what makes life life you know and in society nowadays everybody wants to be comfortable and happy and have everything go just the way it's supposed to go um, but without that dark side man without that bad shit happening it's not really life all the way you can't have the day without the night etc um, and i also like that one because you you did you threw in a little buddha and allah uh even uh but no no poseidon you put in there <laughs> that one cracked me up <laughs> you're like i'm gonna draw the line somewhere <laughs> <laughs> it's funny because i don't even know any of these poems by heart at all like i just when they're, they're just there to for other people to take and and see what they feel like it means for the most part. But I could break every poem down if I read it first. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no doubt. Um, another one was uh, 28. I'm, I'm just going through these a lot because I like that one a lot because that was the one that starts with like a black man died today, a black mom cried today, why people die too, you know? And it was like, and then it kind of goes from there. Um, and then it's, it sounds like it was referencing like a time. I think it was in, yeah, it was like, an, it must've been a real experience. I'm assuming where you got pulled over. There was like 10 cops in Boulder. Oh yeah. That story, that story is crazy. So me and my brother, Saran, uh, we borrow one of his uncle's cars because his car was a, a little Honda that like the, uh, the muffler was hanging out. of, So we couldn't make the whole trip to, um, to Boulder with it. And we get there, we were having a good time. We didn't drink, we didn't smoke, we didn't do anything. We didn't do any drug or whatever. Um, 
on the way back, we get pulled over. And it's like, okay, well, we're in Boulder, I guess. But uh, he's like, oh, it's all good. Let's look for the license. Uh, look for Because we couldn't find the registration because it wasn't our car. So we didn't know exactly where it was. So we couldn't find the insurance and registration. And he's like, oh, go ahead and look for it. So we're looking for it. And then, like, more cop cars are coming. More cop cars are coming. And he puts us, I, I, don't, I don't know if I was at gunpoint, but he takes us out the car and he's like, you're not going to hurt me. And I'm like, how the hell am I going to hurt you? There's like 20 cops here. Like, that doesn't make any sense. Because we were wearing matching shirts, so I guess he thought we were gang members or something. But we were just brothers trying to trying to get the ladies. <laughs> so, like, <laughs> uh, it, it, um, it shook me. Like, and then on the way back, and we, when we got to Aurora, um, we got pulled over again. And by this time, we're just exhausted. And we're like, dude, you could, we just got pulled over. Like, I don't want to go through this again. He's like, y'all can go. <sighs> Shit, man. That's a topic that's come up on the show quite a few times before. Um, that's, I mean, that's the kind of shit I'm talking about, dude. Like, that's so crazy to me. You guys weren't doing anything wrong to have 10 cop cars. And then I'll be honest with you, from just from the stories that I've heard from my friends who don't have the skin the same color as me, that shit would terrify me if the officer said, you're not going to hurt me. Because that sounds like some yes. setup shit. That sounds like we're setting this up so that we're going to make this look like, you know, you're fucking with me and that, that I'm going to be able to get away with whatever I need to do. Um, so I'm I'm glad it, it ended up okay and that you ended up safe. I, I imagine it was it was pretty emotionally jarring, um, but I'm glad that you ended up walking away from that because I think a lot of times in that situation, like you point out in a lot of these poems, people don't get to walk away, um, and their families never see them again over some bullshit like this. Um, but that's something that's happening every day in America, man, and it's crazy. Mm -hmm. and and I got to tell you, as a white dude, like I've had a real evolution in my understanding of this stuff because um, you've been around since the earliest podcast, Dom. And I remember in the early podcast talking about it and I look back and I, it's almost I cringe when I listen to myself because I'm like, I had no clue. I had no idea what it was like. And, how you know, how would I, I walk around like this? And so you don't really understand. And it, you're just kind of like, man, is it really like that? And you're like, oh, oh, it is. Oh, shit. Oh, it is. Oh, God. And you start hearing stories. And then as social media has progressed, all this stuff's showing up now all the time. So we're actually seeing it on video and it's not like this stuff is new it's not new it's just that it's easier for people to see than ever now yeah that happened in like 2010 <laughs> that was That's in 2010 damn that was 10 years yeah. ago yeah <sighs> or 11 years ago i guess yeah, yeah. So. boulder's kind of funny like that huh right it's got the you know it's the reputation is like the super liberal and like we're really open-minded but you, oh, I'm I, not gonna, I'm not gonna crap on them, but yeah, that that's the experience I had there. So I don't really go to Boulder too much. You know what's <laughs> funny I, is I, <laughs> it's the same. I hear a lot of stories, but I don't have much experience in Boulder either. But it's kind of funny for totally different reasons. I've always been like turned off by Boulder too. Back in the day when I was playing music all the time, and I would just go to like random places. And I remember we had like a crazy snowstorm one time, but I was determined to go show up at this open mic in Boulder, um, and just because I hadn't played there at all, and I had a lot of people tell me, oh, they'll like your music out there it'll really fit in you know i was doing a lot of reggae music and stuff like that and so i forced myself to take that trip and i mean the snow was bad bro like it was bad getting there and i was in, i can't remember i think it was in a little honda accord at the time um and i got all the way there i get to it and i show up at the open mic 
and it's like a lot of poets. There's a lot of, it's a lot of poetry reading. Um, there was only like one other musician there. Um, and he was, I can't remember what he was playing. It was like a really, I don't even know what kind of instrument it was. It was really trippy. Um, but anyway, so I get up there and I it's finally my turn. I get up there and there's nothing to plug the guitar in and there's no microphone for the guitar. So I'm like, oh, that's interesting. Okay, so there's just a microphone. So there's like one microphone. So I'm like strumming my guitar as hard as I can. So it's already kind of like, you know, as a performer, when shit's not going right, it's it's hard to stay in the pocket. Um, so I did, and I think I played uh, that old song. I used to do Compassion, and then I played, um, yeah, so I played Compassion, and I finished, dude, and like everybody just looked at me like they didn't know what happened. They were just looking at me like, um, like one guy was like, like that and i was like damn wow i never had that happen before i was like okay here i got one for you i got one for you and so i dropped american dream and i played that one and then as soon as i finished like hardly anybody there was like one or two people clapped and then the dude i was going to play a third one because the other musician had done like four or five songs so i went to play a third one and he literally comes up and takes me and goes that's okay bro it's good it's good and like <laughs> you guys have heard me play you know and i wasn't i'm not terrible you know so it was like i didn't know what the fuck happened and and bring out the poetry <laughs> bring out the poetry <laughs> yeah and I, I remember and plus i had i had ordered uh, i was like looking at the menu i didn't know what anything was and i was like i'll, I'll have a chai tea latte and he was like i can it's shit was like 850 and this was like in 2009 or something i was like what the hell i walked out of there like fuck boulder <laughs> i never really By the way dollar i think you're about to be murdered i saw your door open behind you oh so shit. okay just so you know <laughs> <laughs> so automatically i'm gonna be murdered <laughs> uh, i think it was Jaden. he my son's been in and out of here a little bit i think he's listening online right now i'm not sure uh, he was gonna he wanted to come on the podcast tonight because he thought his uncle mark was going to be on here um and i told you i was talking about that last week those two are cut from the yeah. same cloth bro <laughs> you know you should have done dollar you should have played free bird i would have got everybody <laughs> yeah <laughs> wagon will yeah who knows man wagon i don't even will. I don't know. Maybe I was horrible. Maybe I was just having an off night and didn't realize it. I don't know. But I walked out. I never really did go back and try to build a following in Boulder. I was like, because everyone told me, because I, I used to live in Humboldt in California, and everybody told me that Boulder was like the Humboldt equivalent in Colorado. And nah, man, it wasn't. You know what it was? Your dreads weren't long enough, bro. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there was definitely a lot of dreadlocks in that place. Uh, not a lot of melanin, though, bro. <laughs> <Not a lot. laughs> oh, man. So what you been up to, Pierce? How have you been, man? I haven't talked to you much. Um, have you been super busy with work and stuff? Yeah, just keeping busy at work and home and all that stuff. Oh, my God. Today, I don't know how, if it was like windy as fuck at your house, but it was windy as is fuck is all hell at my house yeah. dude it blew off the flagpole like snapped the metal the flagpole off of my at the house and like the <laughs> tear came home and she's like uh where'd our flag go and i was like what are you, what are you talking about and she goes the flag's like gone and i like went out there and it was like gone like nowhere i was like what the hell and oh, i like dear. looked at the the little mount on there and it's like snapped the metals like snapped off i was like oh my god dude i was like looking around and uh it was like blown off to the side of the house but yeah dude oh that's wild dude it got a little windy out here i i, I wasn't really out here until the late afternoon because i leave pretty early in the morning so um and it was definitely windy at the school today though out in lakewood um because i had like a window open um, yeah and at one point i had to go shut it like it was just like crazy crazy blowing air like inside the classroom 
Um, yeah, that's, yeah, no, it's, yeah, it's been weather everywhere, you know, has been different. And, um, it's all that fucking groundhog's fault, dude. That motherfucker said six more weeks. <laughs> if you would have, if we would have gone in, Dom, you guys would have been fine down there. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> um, no, I actually, I made that one post on there on Facebook. I don't know if you saw that dollar. And, uh, I was saying that, uh, Texas wasn't taking the Rona seriously. So God froze it over. Oh shit! <laughs> I did yeah, not. That's, that's a Gilbert Godfrey joke, right? <laughs> <laughs> and so there's a couple of people on there. There was like, that's not funny. People are dying. <laughs> like, oh my gosh! <laughs> like, chill out. It's jokes, people. It's yeah. Jokes. Yeah. You know, that's a there thing. There was this one video I saw online, um, and I felt bad for this girl. She was in. She's in Texas, and she goes, "You guys, this is a parking garage, and there is seven floors." She goes, look at all this space. And she's showing this empty ass garage, right? And she turns around. She goes, the one pipe in her car, you guys, is just the pipe broke above her car. And her car is just covered in water and ice. Like, it's it's like trapped under ice, dude. Oh, damn. Yeah. And she's like crying. She goes, the one <laughs> pipe. She goes, look at all these spaces that are empty. She's like nothing, and it looks at her car, dude, and it's just fucking frozen, dude. Like, damn, damn, that's some shitty luck right there. That sucks. Right. <laughs> like pinned her car to the ground with ice. Yeah, it's been nuts, man. In Texas, um, I was looking at the thing, like, cause it, so blackout. So that's all over now, right? Nobody's having blackouts or electricity off, or is that still going on? Yeah, there's, there's some people without electricity still. So yeah, yeah, Shit, dude, in water electricity and water down there yeah i saw the water shortage thing too that's a big problem down there yeah dude it's wild like geez that's what i was saying too is like like we're so reactive and not proactive mm -hmm. you know and that's how it always there's we never have anything like going on you know as, as far as like well just in case this does happen like you know a pandemic or something it'd be nice to have a pandemic team <laughs> Yeah, Maybe no I doubt. We could all just travel to Cancun, like Ted Cruz. <laughs> <laughs> He's getting a lot of shit for that. But, oh, no, man. I mean, it's like, That's you know, just look. just to, to prepare for everything. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, yeah, you know, in areas like Texas, it does get snow sometimes. But they think they should still treat it just as if it would get like a blizzard one day. Because you don't know. You know, like, but somewhere like Phoenix, Arizona, you know, there's not going to be a fucking blizzard in fucking Phoenix, Arizona. So you guys are okay because, you know, they were talking about like how things weren't like aren't winterized or properly like, you know, um, insulated and, and some of the stuff, which is why a lot of things are freezing over and and pipes are bursting and this and that. But again, if it doesn't, my thought is if it does it a little bit, then maybe you should just cover it. <laughs> just the case like for everything yeah no doubt we live in crazy times man without you know like climate change happening and like all the crazy weather you're seeing everywhere um but like you mentioned specifically the pandemic thing and that's ironic to me because obama put uh, put all that in place he put a team together and everything and then that was the first thing trump did he's just like nah <laughs> yeah. you're out of here you got rid of it you're like oops that was a bad move well, like i was saying it's just we're just reactive man i mean because even if you go way back to katrina you know, everyone knew, you know, those engineers and everything knew about the levees, you know, saying that they weren't effective or anything like that. And then fucking Katrina came by and what happened? Like, you know, fucking whole New Orleans is underwater, you know, everywhere, dude. So, 
Yeah, that's the, that's the saddest shit about all this stuff, dude, is it's always when you look, it's again, you, if you're looking at the populations that are being the most affected by all this stuff, and this doesn't just apply just to United States, it's like worldwide. Um, like, I don't know if you, have you ever heard of the island of like Kiribati? It's like in the Pacific Ocean, um, but it's one of the first, it's one of the front lines for climate change. Like the, the water levels are rising and people are having to move their houses. Some houses have already been ruined. Um, and so people are starting to just flee and it's a country, it's an island country country uh, but you look at like the level of poverty there and the shit that's already happening and they're paying the price and then you look at like what their global what their carbon footprint looks like you're like nobody's driving cars they're not throwing away massive <laughs> amounts of trash like they're not contributing to the problem at all but they're no. they're on the they're getting the brunt of it right now they're the first the first groups to get hit and same thing you look at katrina man look at the people that were affected by that like yeah it's hard to it's hard to ignore the fact that it's it's always you know I don't know it's always the same disenfranchised groups in the world that are just taking the brunt of all this bullshit. So, yeah, yeah, for sure. Another happy podcast, Pierce. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, you know it's funny. Like I don't know if you ever seen that um, uh, that movie called Cutthroat City. It came out last year. Have you guys heard about that? Mm-mm. And it was talking about like, like uh, I think it's a, I think it's a Spike Lee movie. Let me check this out. Is it Spike Lee movie? Um, but yeah, it's, uh, um, oh no, it's, uh, RZA, RZA directed it and, um, but it's a good movie and, you know, it's talking about that too, you know, about, um, down New Orleans, down Louisiana where Katrina has hit and, you know, the areas that were already impoverished are like even worse off, you know, and that, you know, people can't even you know, get out of it, you know, if they're trying to move out of it or do this and that and, and try to make their life better, they, they're just, everyone's trapped down there essentially is what they're saying. So, um, if you haven't seen it, go see that. If you haven't seen it, it's a good movie. Cutthroat, you said it's called? I'll check it out. Cutthroat City. Yeah. Cutthroat City. Yeah. I'll yeah. But it has like, it has TI in it. Um, yeah. Uh, Ethan Hawke, who else? Uh, um, Terrence Howard's in there. Mine. Mine. <laughs> what we gonna do about this weather, mine? What's this weather, mine? What's the what's Terrence Howard's favorite part of a lion? The mine. Oh, mine. <laughs> <laughs> what's Terrence Howard's favorite street? Mine, mine street. street. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, man. But yeah, it's a. Uh, but yeah, it's just again, like you were saying, dollar just. The areas that are already, you know, basically fucked up or desolate or anything like that just get hit harder, man. And it's just the infrastructure is, you know, not it. I don't know. I always, I feel always, again, this is just me talking, you know, it's not, I'm not a city engineer or a planner or a manager, but like you would think that there is like things in place to check shit out like every few years. Right. Like, hey, you know, it's, you know, according to, the data that we have precipitation has been a little bit more this time, you know, maybe we should look at doing this or maybe we should look at doing that. But again, it's all like what I guess when it all comes down to the money, right? Oh, yeah. It's like, 
you know, if they can afford to do it or if it's not cost effective or whatever. Yeah, there, I think there's a combination of things happening, right? Like for one, we live in like this crazy consumer society where everything's just immediate gratification and we just want to, you know, have our, our, our social media and sort of forget about the reality around us. But little by little, man, we're seeing shit get crazier and crazier. Um, but that's what the saddest part is, is it is hitting the people um, who need, you know, already in dire situations are getting hit uh, very hard. And so it's people that are not in those situations it's really easy to look the other way man it's like oh we're yep. all right but the truth is this shit's coming for everybody there's no escaping this stuff like if we don't start fixing shit um because like i said i'm teaching a unit on this right now and the science is pretty deep and it's like it's crazy to me that's that's one of the things we're talking about in the class i like to get the kids talking about it is skepticism like you know you still hear people going like ah climate change that shit's not real the climate's always changing but there's hard scientific evidence that has shown like what exactly has happened with the global temperature since uh, the industrial revolution and and yep. though the temp the planet has been hotter, obviously it the planet is created by spinning off of the sun, right? So yep. at one point, obviously it was fucking unimaginably hotter. Um, and so people, I hear that argument all the time, like, oh, you know, the temperature goes up and down. This is not the hottest the planet's ever been. Like, no, once it was molten, fucking, you know what I mean? It was yeah. all on fire basically <laughs> at one point. So obviously it wasn't. Um, but the truth is, is that it's never gone up at a faster rate in all of the entire history of the globe. Like we've yep. never had a time where the temperature on the earth was accelerating as fast as it is right now um, and it's a it's a big concern because people we take it for granted man we we take this earth for granted we think it's all going to be here forever it's all permanent it ain't bro and if you like look at the structure of our planet it's a globe right it's a ball and on that ball is this like teeny tiny little two mile strip of atmosphere now that atmosphere in addition to water and all the other stuff that's the only reason we can survive here Right, because without that atmosphere, not only are you going to just be getting hit with all the cosmic rays and all that shit that just kills people and kills life, but at the same time, the planet wouldn't be able to have a stable temperature because that it's like an insulation. The sun's rays go in, they warm up the inside of the planet just enough, and it's a very, very delicate balance there. So as soon as you start putting more, kicking more and more greenhouses into the air into the atmosphere, that atmosphere gets just packed with stuff and it starts overly insulating, and so then the place just starts getting hotter and hotter. And and now we're saying, like, I was reading an article the other day, like this crazy, they were worried about this um, giant iceberg because it was headed toward an island where there was like, I guess, like this endangered species of penguins and stuff. And so they were worried that it was going to hit the island. But then on the way there, the ship broke and melted and just like fell apart into like a whole bunch of pieces. And it was, it's like one, it was, I think it was the largest iceberg on earth. And it like completely just broke into like a shit ton of pieces. And we think, oh, that's no big deal. You know, it's a fucking big deal, <laughs> you know, because that's not only do you have the atmosphere, but you've got like, you know, all the amount of snow cap in the plant on the planet like all the stuff that's you know ice and snow that shit reflects the sun so when that stuff yeah. starts melting all that heat's going directly into the ocean it's melting shit more it's all accelerating and then you got places like um Kiribati in the pacific ocean where those levels are starting to have a real effect houses are disappearing you know it's it's creeping in on their island and there's going to be a time when that they say scientists say that's that island is just not going to exist that's a country bro like that country just won't <laughs> be gone, there gone yeah <laughs> it's 
Wild, man. We take shit for granted. We just keep staring at our phones and pretending like nothing's happening. But if if we don't do something, we're going to we're going to find ourselves in a bad situation. And what's scary about it is that right now it's just starting. So we're seeing like, oh, you know, it's like a lot of the poor communities of the world are the ones that are suffering the most. But as it gets worse and worse, it's going to catch more and more of our asses. But eventually, you know how it works. It's going to be very few elite people on the top that have access to resources we can't ever imagine. They're going to be the ones that are going to be able to protect themselves and get through it meanwhile who knows what global chaos is going to take place yeah mm-hmm. <laughs> i feel like i'm such a i'm such a downer bro <laughs> yeah and this is what i'm teaching to middle school kids right <laughs> no so no but when i look at this stuff i don't i don't do it like this. this is a podcast so i just talk and talk but like in class i just bring these things up and i try to get them to come to their own conclusions you know like what do you guys think you know like what are your opinions opinions on this stuff? But again, that comes down to, I always tell Pierce, like, I'm glad I teach where I teach. Because I imagine if I taught in some, like, super rich-ass district or something like that, I'd be getting so much backlash for even teaching climate change in the classroom. Um, <laughs> but I just don't, I'm in a totally different environment, man. So so I'm thankful for that. Yeah, I, I don't think I was teaching the last time we talked, huh, Dom? Ah, when did you start teaching? Uh, this is my second, my second year teaching. So shit got wild right after I started. Cause I was in my first year teaching last year when COVID hit and then they shut down the schools at like end of March, beginning of April. Um, and so then we had to like scramble and figure out how to teach online. Um, and then this year has been online until, uh, what, like the third week in January we went back. Um, but we're only back in like half capacity. So like half our students are still going all virtual every day. And half of them, and this is based on their what their families selected, and then half of them are coming in person. And then, like I was telling Pierce, we split them into two groups even further. So on any given day, I'm seeing like a quarter of our student population in person. Uh, but it's real tricky because I'm teaching kids that are sitting in front of me mixed with kids that are in a Zoom meeting and like trying to get them all on the same page. And um, so it's been... Yeah, that's, that's- Shout out to the teachers, man, because y'all are y'all are dealing with unprecedented unprecedented times. Oh man, I appreciate that sentiment. There's a there's a lot of heat coming our way for sure. A lot of there are a lot of pissed off people in the world about saying teachers, you know, can't, aren't handling this right, and they don't. I'm like, man, motherfucker, come do this job. Come over here. Come join us. <laughs> we need you. Come That's over it. here. Yeah get, yeah, get your boots on the ground and see what it's really like every day because it's it's not easy. Um, we had we actually had a pipe break at our school last week too. So like. Um, like a whole section of the bottom floor got flooded. So teachers are kind of like dealing with that too on top of it. It's been wild. We're, we're actually trying, like you were saying about the restaurants, Pierce, about how sometimes like they get approval for like um, their processes and stuff like they can get special approval to like operate at a lower level than it is. It's sort of yeah. similar with schools, like because our protocols are so are in place so strongly and because we have such a small number of students there, um, we're actually trying to work on getting our students to come and be able to come in four days a week instead of two okay. um, so that we could have more of them in person. Because, you know, at the school I teach at, man, it's so important is that like I still have students that they, they have two days in person and the other three, three days they're supposed to go online. Um, and those three days online, dude, I just don't see them like they just don't come to class. They don't do nothing. And when they have to come in person, then they show up, you know, and yeah. And what people have to understand from the outside is it's easy to, you know, blame it on the kids or the families like they need to get their ass to school or, you know, it's whatever they got to do school. But the kind of shit that that our students are dealing with at home and like the problems that they've got going on, um, it's not easy, dude. And then and then like like 
because I know like my my youngest daughter Jesse, um, she's in elementary school and they, she's on virtual every single day, and they require students to have their cameras on. Uh, same with my son uh, at his high school, and same with um, with Jillian at the middle school that she's at. All three, they have to have their cameras on full time, um, but we can't do that at our school, man. You can't make kids turn on the camera to their home and open up their home to their whole class and to their teacher and all that shit. Um, so it's been it's been hard, man. It's hard to I get. Was just a, I was just about to be like, that's my privacy. Yeah. Get, that's my house, my privacy. Yeah. My privacy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but it's true, man. You can't, it, it's not something that you can, you can ask of, of, uh, of all students, you know, cause you don't know what's going on at home and you don't know how they feel about it. Um, so I take a different approach. I've noticed one thing I have learned from teaching is that like, the harder you come down on kids and the harder you're like strict about, you know, like, listen, bro, you need to turn on your camera. You need to be here. It's never going to happen. They're going to go, yeah. fuck you, bro. I'm not doing what you asked me to do. Right. Seriously. That's really literally what's going to happen. And so I've found that like my job as a teacher is not to force kids to like comply with stuff that my job is really to like make it worth their while, dude, give them something they can connect to, give them something they actually go, Hey, that's kind of interesting because if you don't, and it's weird to me how prevalent old school teaching still is, you know, like, especially you and me, Pierce, I mean, we grew up in a time that's all teaching was like, you did what the fuck you were supposed to do or you're ass <laughs> out, you know, you're going to be in trouble. Um, but I, and it's funny how prevalent some of that mentality still is. Um, but you gotta, you gotta give kids an, a reason to be interested in school. And at times like this, you know, where you've got, they already, you know, Again, that's what we're talking about, right? Like, if you look at the whole COVID situation, you know, equity is a problem, dude. It's a problem. Some schools, they're fine. They got all the resources they need. Everybody's just floating along. Oh, yeah, we just go online. It's no problem. We're still continuing with our education. Like, meanwhile, at schools like mine, man, we're trying desperately to not let these kids fall further behind in school um, because, again, it's almost like climate change. It's easy to look the other way. It's easy to be like, oh, this ain't a big deal. Um, but yeah. this is going to come back, dude. This is the reason I got into teaching is to help these students have a future um, because we, we know how it is when you grow up in a community that's you know, where you're surrounded by poverty and you don't necessarily see a way out. Um, the last thing you need is a situation where you're not going to school and you're falling further behind on all those skills that are going to help you in your future. You know what you should do is you just, just have Mo like walk back and forth behind your kids, like shirtless or something every now and then they're going to be like, Oh, you know what? Just go. Yeah. Go ahead and turn the camera off. That's fine. <laughs> you can turn the camera off. Just have Mo like look over their shoulder a couple of times. Like, yeah. what are you doing? Like, you know, like, Who is that? Mr. Dollar? <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm saying for that, for, for Jaden, Jillian, Jesse, for oh, their schools that require yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, because I was asking my daughter today, like in Zoom, you could do breakout rooms, right? So you could like take yeah. people and put them in separate groups. Because when we were in person, this shit was so easy. Um, I used to complain. Remember, you remember how hard I told you it was to manage a classroom when I started? I was like, oh, my God, like, I don't even know. Like, these kids don't want to listen to me. I don't know how to get them to do what I need them to do. And I was struggling with it. But looking back, it's so much easier because now we have like all these opposite problems. Like last year, when I started teaching, it was like trying to manage the classroom. It was like trying to keep chaos from taking over your classroom and this year it's the opposite dude because so many of these kids are online they don't want to talk they just get quiet they turn off their cameras they mute it and they're technically there you mark them present but they're just not really there they're kind of ghosting you um and so <laughs> one thing that will last year because i teach ELD, English language development. And so my whole focus is like, I, we work on speaking, writing, listening, and reading. Um, and a big part of speaking is not 
it, they, like they got to talk, right? And so they got to talk to each other. I spend a lot of time getting them to talk to each other. So last year, you put them in a small group, you give them a task, and then I circulate in the classroom, you know, and just kind of check in with groups. How are you doing? What do you need help with? And you keep them on track that way. But this year, you put them in a breakout room, dude, nothing happens, dude. And the other thing is I can't circulate. Like I can go into one breakout room at a time and check and then go to the other one. So I asked my daughter today, because she's in middle school, and I said, hey, do you guys do breakout rooms? And she said, oh, yeah. And I said, do they actually work or does everybody just sit there all quiet? She goes, oh, they work. And I said, really? Why do they, what do they do? What's different? And she goes, because they tell you if you don't have your camera on and you don't do the assignment and you don't have your mic off, you're going to get an F and they kick you out of the meeting. I was like, oh, shit. Yeah. I was like, bro, that's crazy. If I kick kids out of the meet, I'd just be sitting there by myself in a Zoom like, well, guess they're not in class today. You know, just kicking people out left and right. Can't oh, my gosh. You made it sound like, like it was Sparta. This is Sparta. And, like, kick them out of the rooms and shit. Like, you don't want your mic on? Okay, then. Yeah. Yeah, they don't play. How's Callie doing? How's school for her? She's been going in person, right? Yeah, she goes in person, yeah. So, yeah. Yep. I think yeah, her so- school's fine. There hasn't been any issues or any outbreaks or anything like that. So, yeah, business as usual. Oh, yeah, that's interesting. Um, and that's good to hear because I think for the young kids, it's the hardest, you know, trying to have them in a situation like that. Um, how were you with school, Dom, when you were younger and stuff? Did you like school? Did you hate school? Uh, were you, how was it I, for you? I was the class clown. Like, I was trying <laughs> to distract the teacher as much as humanly possible. <laughs> Oh, uh, those... I, I, yeah, I was a terrible student. <laughs> I got like a 2.6 GPA though, so <laughs> those a little the... bit above C's. <laughs> yeah, those are the students I secretly love, though, man. I, I look at, at kids like that. Like, I like the ones, it's, you know, the ones that show up to class every day and they're like, they just want to work hard and they're doing every little thing and stuff. It's kind of like, okay, cool, cool. I'm glad you're there. But for me, it's always the challenge. It's the one that comes in. I always talk about that one student last year, Pierce, like the first day he came into class, he came running into my class and he did a box jump onto the cooler. <laughs> he like jumps up on the cooler and then he grabs the window and it's an old ass building in the school I work with. And so they got those like slide up old school windows, no screens. And we're on the second floor. He jumps up on that thing and just whoop just pulls the window up and he's standing there in this tall ass window that's like open as wide as him he could have easily just like fallen out and shit i was like shaking having a heart attack oh my god God, please step down from that (laughs) well it's funny because like when you know it was tony's first year last year and so he was like telling me like he'd tell me every day like you know, oh, I'm doing this, I'm doing this. And he's like, bro, I made a whole lesson plan. And he goes, and I was done with it in like a week. <laughs> I was like, yeah. he, was, he was like, oh shit. He goes, and I got to do it for like 10 more weeks. <laughs> Dude, yeah, you're a teacher, bro. <laughs> yeah, no, you know, and I always heard people talk about that. And I, I wanted to be a teacher for a long time. And, and so I went back to do it. But I wish people talk about I didn't understand, dude, until I started teaching. I was like, I would sit down and like to write 51 minutes of a lesson for students to actually have it be coherent and like have an end goal and have, the, you know, a plan for the whole thing. It was literally like for a week of writing lessons, like five lessons would take. I was calculating the hours, dude. It was like between 16 and 20 hours for me to sit down and like write down five 51 minute lessons. And so it was, bro, it was such a struggle last year. I was drowning and I've been in school the whole time. I'm still, I'm finished up my master's. I'll be done in uh, the summertime, but I did this Aspire. Yeah. Thanks brother. Um, but yeah, so I did the Aspire program and I did a bachelor's and everything. So I like, I've been in school the whole time, which was hard. Um, but it's gotten better Pierce. I will tell you, I can, after you do enough, it's like, you know what 
reminds me of Dom. I was talking about writing songs. Like from the time I started writing lessons, to me it was so akin to writing songs. And it would be like I was telling Pierce, it was the equivalent of like you sat somebody down, they never played an instrument, they never did a lick of music in their life, and you're like, okay, I need you to write five songs, and you got to have them ready to go by Monday, right? And they got to be good. And you know, yeah. it was like, and you're like, but wait, I don't even, I don't know how to write music. And you're like, sorry, bro, figure it out. <laughs> you know, like you got to <laughs> yeah. have five songs and then you get them, you know, and then it, you, you take it to the class and then, you know, the lesson just falls like to shit. I had that happen plenty of times where I think I got this fire lesson. I bring it and the kids are just look at me like they don't, they don't give a shit what I'm talking about. And if they don't connect to what you're doing, good luck, man. It's like the worst experience in the world. It's, I would rather bomb on stage with like a shitty song any day than bombing a bunch of, and in front of a bunch of students that don't don't even care about what you're trying to teach them um but yeah no but i figured it out. i've gotten a lot better once you crank out enough of them it just starts becoming a system that was a situation i was in that's why i fell asleep after work today because last night i had a three-hour class for my master's and then um and then i realized afterwards like shit i never got my lesson fully written for tomorrow so i had to sit there and write a lesson after i got out of my class like late last night like 8 30 or whatever and I could do it now, but it's still a pain <laughs> in the ass. And I came home from work today and I was like, I laid down on the bed for a minute. I, 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 after I finished reading your book, I laid down on the bed and then I was just like, <clears throat> I was out, bro. And I woke up. You ever, those afternoon naps make you grouchy as shit. I woke up. <laughs> my son was, my son was messing around. Jaden was messing around upstairs and he's like singing some crazy song in falsetto. He's like, la, 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 singing, trying to annoy his sisters. Oh my God. I almost lost my mind. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> So, I mean, like, you know, you were talking like writing and how it takes forever. I remember that story where you and Dom had a brainstorming session. You just like wrote some music out and you like smashed out a whole bunch of songs. Yeah, I need to like an afternoon. (laughs) I need to find the equivalent of of Dom for writing lessons, bro. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. How many songs did we write? Like five? Yeah, something like that. And we never did like nothing. <laughs> yeah, we never did anything with them, too. I still have all those. We should do something with those sometime. Oh, I'm down. I'm down. I'm looking to do some music this summer. It's going to be a low-key summer because um, I've been in two classes at a time. So when summer comes, I'll be in my last class. It's just one class. Plus, I don't teach during the summer. So I'll be I'll be off for a few months. So I'm definitely yeah. looking at doing some music. Also, so, like, if you, if you just want to use them, they're yours. I don't mind. Oh, man, I appreciate that, bro. <laughs> No, I'd want yeah. to bring you in for sure. I'd have to bring you in on it if I did something with them. I'll play. I'll play the uh, the box. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, and I know you were gonna learn. Was it guitar? You were looking at maybe learning an instrument at one point. I gave my guitar to my niece. So I was like, All right, I'm playing two notes on this thing. Oh uh, yeah, bro. And you're. I, I learned like one chord pretty decently, but the way I like strum the guitar is all unorthodox. So I'm like, you know what? This isn't for me. <laughs> um, but I'm a. I'm gonna get a piano. I could actually kind of play a piano or a keyboard. Nice. I've always felt like a piano is a better a better tool for writing music for sure because it's kind of visually laid out. It's weird. It's weird though because like it's easier to actually sing with a guitar even if you're not playing anything really than it is with a piano because you got to make sure you're hitting the right notes with the piano. Like for me, I would just hit like two notes on a, a guitar and I could make something out of it. But you can't really do that with a piano. <laughs> yeah, it's a good point. Yeah, it's a good point. I never thought about that. I just like piano because you can visually see it, you know, like the low end of the notes all the way to the high. Mm-hmm. Whereas on a guitar, it's not intuitive. Like you kind of have to like know where to put your fingers to make the chords and stuff like that. Yeah, l- lately when I write songs, I just listen to tight beats and write over them. Like that's that's my new my new creative jam. 
Yeah. You know what I've been getting into secretly is uh, free flowing, bro. Like I found I've got like all these different beats that I listen to, like everything from just like random low, low fi, uh, what's it called? Lo-fi hip hop or whatever. Yeah. And so like I listened to it from school and then I we, we had this competition where as teachers had to make a video recently. Um, and so I made a rap video writing like why I liked Lake Middle School. And so I put out the video, but now it's hilarious because every time I run into students, they're always like, Mr. Dollar, free flow go and they like just want me to just come up with something off the top of my head so it's because of that i started just practicing all the time so now like when i drive to and from work i just come up with stuff like the whole way i put on i the other thing i like putting on is the uh chronic 2001 the um the beats only right with no lyrics yeah, yeah. oh those beats, beats are, album are hard. yes they are and they're so fun to pretend That's like funny. You're, pretend like you're a rap star <laughs> yeah. and shit. now for me like Every song I would write was like just me going off the top of my head and singing it and recording it and like picking what was good to it to me at the time. Like I don't I don't think I've ever just like other than raps, like I, if I'm writing a rap it's just written and then like I gotta have Avery help me figure out what the flow is because I'm not that good with that. Dude, I love that. That's such a that's such a really good method for writing music. Um the fact that you actually like come up with stuff, record it, and then go back and like just glean out of it what's good. I think that's mm -hmm. that's a great approach to writing songs. And I didn't do that for years. For years, I would like write a song from start to finish and then be like, okay, uh, it's okay. Move on to the next song. Um, but over years, I, over, I started writing the same way too where you kind of come yeah. up with pieces. Yeah, that's the way to do it. The longer, in my, in my experience, the longer I can sit on a song, the better it ends up being. Like if I'm trying to just like, there are definitely those songs where you just sit down and it, dude, like like I did with you, where it just comes out really fast. But for me as a writer by myself, like if I'm just writing, I find that I do that method. Like I'll come up with stuff, I'll come up with some lyrics and I'm like, I can tell this verse is way better than the second verse or the hook is crazy strong, but the verses ain't so good. And back in the day, I would just like, box it up call it finished and move on to the next song whereas now i'll sit on it for like sometimes years where i'll just keep coming back to it and like nah shit's not still not cooked all the way and then i'll come back and revisit it and then i find that the best songs come that way for me for me now. like because i got like hundreds of songs in my phone and it's like i'll go back to the ones that i wrote like from the beginning of me having a phone and it's like oh this part is cool but that part like it's the same thing you were saying like this part is cool but Obviously, I'm not going to use that second verse because it's not good enough. And that, that's how I formed some of these poems. Like, I would take, a, like, the piece I like the most and write from there. Because right, I feel like right now, like, I'm a, I'm a way better writer than I was maybe even two years ago. Like, I've, uh, I've, gotten, I've gotten to a point where I feel like I know how to communicate the vibe that I want to communicate. Man. Which is weird because talking, like you normally talking, I'm like very quiet person, but like I don't, I'm not an extroverted person. But like I feel like when I'm when I'm making music or I'm writing poetry, I feel like that's when it's my time to say my piece. Dude, I love that. I like that you touched on like the vibe or the feel, 
because I think that's yeah. a lot of a lot of young and new songwriters. That's the mistake that you make, right? You're just you're putting all the parts together, right? You got the chord progression, you got some lyrics that rhyme. You know, you're putting it all together, but in the end, if it doesn't hit, it doesn't hit. And I think that that capturing a vibe sometimes is the hardest thing for people to do when they're creating any kind of art, right? Like you can make something that looks technically really cool, like if say you're doing sculpting, you know, sculpting or something like that, but to really hit on something where it's got an emotion to it. That's the other thing as an artist I've found over the years is like, it's easy to come up with like songs and stuff that evoke random emotions where you kind of put stuff together and then you hear it and you're like, Oh, that's kind of cool. But that's not what I was intending, intending to do. But like the real master artists are the ones that like have an idea in mind of how they want the song to feel, how they want, what they want people to take from it. And then they're able to actually execute that and like create something that matches the vision they originally had. And I think a lot of artists are missing that part. They get in there, they become a really proficient at an instrument. They get good at, recognizing good and strong chord progressions they have either a lyricist work with them or they've got lyrics that work but being able to actually have like this is the feel i want for this and then not stopping until it actually matches what you had in mind um to me that's that's talent bro yeah i think what me and avery were doing that's uh like because stonewall like the two bands were totally different bands you know what i mean stonewall was pop, punk rock and Hip hop and almost metal sometimes, and ABJ and BA was the blues at the time. So yeah, I remember that. But you have to find the power. Like we 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 call it power music. You got to find the power in what you're saying and what you're playing, and emote that to other people so they feel the power. Because like it's one of those things where like even um who's a singer that like, doesn't have like a very loud voice like a Sade right. You know, that's what she is saying. She means. Mm. And that's like half the battle, half the time. Yeah, totally. She has a smooth voice, but what she's saying, you know, she means what she's saying. Yeah. So you're you're always pretty quick on, you know, writing. You, you It comes pretty naturally to you. Um, and you recently just had this one published this month. Um, do you have any plans on a follow-up or a different project as far as poetry goes, as far as a book or anything? Um, actually, I just picked up a kazoo, so I'm going to learn that. <laughs> 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 so, I'm going to become a professional kazoo player. No, uh, I've already got the second book written. I just got to form it, and uh, I'll probably put it out in the summer. Okay. Oh, yeah. man. Yeah, keep us posted, dude. I'd love to have you. I'd love to have you back a couple times too. Um, I I definitely want to have Avery on. It'd be cool. You gotta have Avery on. He's, yeah, he's a ham. He's gonna give you what you need. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, hundred percent, man. Um, and there's not a lot. Like I, I'm always big on supporting local music and local artists. Um, not that he's local anymore, I guess out here. But, but I'm, I've always been a fan of just supporting other artists. But he's one of those dude that like I would just buy his shit no matter what. Like it doesn't even matter if I knew that guy. Especially like the is it the end times? Is that the one that's a little bit older that came out? It's not Is real. It the one with the video. Um, I don't even know if I've seen the video. I didn't. I didn't know if there was a video, but it's that. It's like it just got an old school rap feel to it, man. And that's what I. I just loved about it. Like he's got an old soul. I feel like sometimes. Oh yeah, yeah, he does. We all do. Like the whole crew does. We're all like old men, but we're young. Is weird. <laughs> how did y'all find each other? Like, how did you end up in the crew you're in? Because there is so much talent in that group of people, man. 
So I met Avery when I was at Montview Elementary. Uh, our parents knew each other, but I knew him. And then we went to middle school together. I think I think we did anyway. But at least okay. So like Avery, Avery's been rapping some since he was like, I want to say 11, 12, 13, 10, some of that. So he would do the talent shows, and I used to host the talent shows. Cause I was the class clown, so like, I would <laughs> go up there and be reckless. Like my mom was a, she worked at North Middle School. I remember she used to be like, uh, she would uh, make a little box with her hands to put me back in the box, cause I would just go <laughs> out of nowhere and just be like, I'll, I'll wild it out and stuff. And I'm like, I'm not, I just, I would just look at her and be like, okay, and still just go crazy. <laughs> so, like, uh, but no, nah, we, we've always had a friendship. Uh, he always, he always jokes about how like in high school, I was a cool guy and he was just trying to find his way. Like I wouldn't even hang out with him, but it's cause he's like two years younger than me at the time. So, but, uh, he's always been my brother. Antoine is weird because I'm best friends with his cousins and I grew up with his cousins. They live like a block away from me. My, uh, my friends, Devin, Chris, and, uh, so-so and, I didn't know Antoine, not even through high school. I didn't I didn't know him until my senior year because I did theater and he went to Casper College and he came back and we just became best friends like right off the bat. So that's been the crew. Mark's been in the crew. So like um it's it, it we just met some some of it was chance and some of it was destined, but it's all fate. <laughs> Hell yeah. Yeah, I love that. Yeah, Antoine's another one we gotta have on again, Pierce. Yep. Yeah, oh that, yeah, you gotta have Twine on here. Yeah, they're doing their thing big time right now too. He's got that voice, man. <laughs> I'll never forget. Him. Yo, let's go, man. Yo, what's up? <laughs> like, damn, yeah. it's like Darth Vader over there. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's cool, man. It's been fun. I'm I'm glad to have you back on here. I wanna I wanna touch base with you a little more often. Um, keep us posted on when that other book's coming out. Let me know once things start uh, popping again, as far as like getting out there and being able to do live stuff and open mics, like you were talking about. Um, anything anything you produce, man. I'm a fan. I've been a fan of yours. Uh, I feel like we're brothers. You know, I've known you for a long ass time. You're part of the family. Oh yeah. Um, so you are, you are my part of mine too. Hell yeah, man. Um, thanks for coming you on, too, dude. Mike. I'm sorry for thinking you were short. <laughs> yeah, what, yeah, you got to fill me in on that real quick. I saw it. Was it on I, Facebook? I remember one day, like one day I came up to, to Mike. I'm like, you're about like 5'11, five, 5'10, five, right? He's like, dude, I'm 6'3. I'm like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's so, that was so wild. I didn't even know what that was in reference to. I saw the comment, I think it was on Facebook or something. I saw you guys talking about that, and I was like, <laughs> like well like no, mike is a towering remember, ass dude I just thought mike was a shorter guy he's like the same height as me <laughs> and you know, that's what it was and then we like and then you're like stand up and we stood up and you're like oh yeah <laughs> <laughs> you me in the eyes <laughs> like, you're buff, so i'm all thinking like he's a short stocky guy <laughs> no, tall as shit. <laughs> oh man that's hilarious <laughs> Yeah, and Mike said, or uh, Mark says he's five. He always says like five ten, five eleven. But I swear to, I swear to he's God, about that's six foot. Yeah, I think he's six foot. Yep, I agree because I'm six one. He's almost eye to eye with me. So, yeah, but it's cool, man. It's it's been real. I'm I'm really glad to talk to you again. Um, it was an absolute pleasure reading your book. I definitely want to tell everybody go out there and get that Melon and Muse. You can get it on Amazon. You can get a digital copy. You can get a physical copy. Um, share it with your friends. It's got all five star ratings. Link in the comments. Hey. Yes. Yeah, yeah, right there. Look at that. There it is. Beautiful. There's two Numbers. two new ones, you guys. There's two new ones right now. 
in paperback. Hell yeah. <laughs> I think there was three earlier because I got one on the way. So, <laughs> but yeah, yeah man. Yeah. You know, like you were saying, Dollar, it's all positive reviews on here. And like the thing I was like looking at is that um, like people who have also bought this book have also bought some pretty other prolific books. I mean, some of these oh, books yeah. have like 14,000 reviews, 834 reviews. You know what I mean? I mean, look at this. Mm-hmm. 1300 reviews oh yeah so, i was like i was like a bestseller like i'm an actual best-selling author that's crazy to me yeah. <laughs> it's crazy you know it's crazy looking back and just having all these memories and stuff but it's not at all surprising brother um that that's what happens when you come with 100 percent of your heart and you come authentic and you come real um you got a lot of talent behind it as well um, but i think that's what speaks volumes more than anything else is your character who you are like we were talking earlier that that walk in that walk yeah man it's all true i know it's it's cheesy i don't take compliments myself well so sometimes i i, I worry that other people don't like them but i love you brother i love i love everything you do uh, i'm a i'm a big supporter i'm a fan of all your stuff so keep us posted um let's talk again soon if you come out our way in Colorado, I definitely want to see you. Um, and it'd be okay, cool. Yeah, to... we'll, we'll watch like the basketball game or something. Yes. Uh, like make some chick as as my rather make some chicken adobo. Oh, you got it, bro. Oh, yeah, she would definitely <laughs> do that for you. Yeah, we were laughing, we were looking at your book and stuff today, and she was tripping too. She's like, Oh my god, because she thinks of you guys, you know, back in the day, you know, <laughs> you guys were oh, just... yeah, when we were when we were little shits <laughs> yeah just little shits i found i sent i sent mark some pictures the other day me and uh, my pulled a bunch of all that we had this box of just random pictures i mean it, it was pictures of me in high school pictures of like early days here in colorado but i found some pictures of mark man he was he was looking trippy he was looking like a skinny ass little freshman in yeah, high mark school was skinny like me and mark were the skinny guys you know what i mean like tall skinny tall dudes and like now he's just like a bodybuilder yeah <laughs> you were cracking us up on that last podcast you got, like, a, fat head. You got a strong <laughs> face you got a strong face your face looks ripped <laughs> <laughs> yeah that was serious it'll be fun to have you two back on together too that'll be a good oh thing. yeah we gotta do that maybe we have avery on it'd be cool to have avery you and him uh all together that'd be fun let's do it oh yeah look there's the introduction right there you got some parts of the text pulled up Yep. Yeah, I loved that introduction. He did a really nice job with that. Again, though, that's oh, yeah. what. Yeah, we talk about hey, it. That yeah, we talk about it all the time. You know, that's the uh, that's that's what people are craving more, and that's what's becoming the thing. You go back 10, 15 years, whether you're talking about radio and podcasts, whether you're talking about music, whether you're talking about writing, shit was all like formulaic you know what i mean and like everything was so inside the box and nowadays what people are really consuming more than anything else is that that real shit you know like right at the beginning is like man dom don't need no introduction but then i like how he goes in immediately and starts talking about the truth was i wasn't sure i had the words to say what i wanted to say and that honesty i think that's what people crave because they see you as a real person and stuff so good shit man love having you on You, you too brother you take it easy uh, what do you say, Pierce? How you feeling, man? We're at about that time. Look at that. Right on time. One hour, 30 minutes. Nice. Look at that. Nice, dude. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think dollar with that. It's a wrap, sir. Cheers. Thank you so much for listening to The Mike and Tony Show. You can check out all our episodes on themikeandtonyshow.com. Send us an email, mikeandtonyshow at gmail.com. Find us on Instagram, YouTube, Twitter, all that stuff. Big shout out to Dom Gordon, the homie, my road dog, my brother. 
Uh, go check out his new book, Melanin Muse. You can get it on Amazon. Drop him a five-star rating when you're on there. If you dig what you read, and I guarantee you will. Thanks for all the support, guys. We love you all. We'll see you again next week.